0: The first birthday party I can remember having was a pirate themed birthday party. Some of the memories are kind of hazy. I can't remember my cake, or all the names and faces of the people that were there, but I do remember a treasure hunt. My mom had printed out clues for everyone, photos showing a glimpse of the wooden swing set we had, or the red flag of the mailbox. We were to chase down every clue until we found the treasure at the end, a giant cake just for my birthday. Though I don't remember every part of the day, I remember how confidence filled my chest as I raced against my friends. A few weeks ago, my birthday came again. Instead of turning 4, I turned 22. You would think that 4 and 22 would be very different, but for me, thanks to my roommates, they were very similar. My roommates set up a treasure hunt that took me throughout the apartment having to fight dragons and face whirlpools all while staying COVID safe. There were more alcoholic beverages this time, and four people instead of the crowd of kids at my four-year-old birthday party. But I still dressed up as a pirate, much the same as I had it for. If you've seen the movie Dodgeball, then I'm Steve the Pirate. Steve?
1: Steve the Pirate! Scurvy!
0: No, not ringing any
1: bells. Garth. Gosh.
0: You... So much had changed, and yet my interest in pirates appeared cyclical. I liked them at 4, and then again at 12 when I discovered Pirates of the Caribbean, and then again at 15 when I did a project on the real golden age of piracy. Since then it's stuck with me. Why do some interests stick with us? Why do others completely disappear? And why do some seem to affect the way we think, the jobs we choose, and more? Welcome to Growing Interest. I'm Riley Smedley, and we're about to do a deep dive into the world of interest. For episode two of Growing Interest, I sat down with my friend, Tessa DeHart. Tessa is a senior at Columbia College Chicago, just like I am. Uh, she is studying animation, however, unlike myself. Tessa and I have known each other for a while now. We're actually roommates. And Tessa is one of the people that helped me come up with the idea for the show. So she's extra special. On today's episode, we talk about how dancing and reading fantasy can connect with animation. It works. You'd be surprised. And we also talk a little bit about how you can make your interest into a career and kind of some of those struggles you can face within that. All right, Tessa, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) I'm glad. Uh, What do you remember being one of your first childhood interests?
1: Well, I got us to dance. Dance was a huge thing growing up. Um, I started dancing when I was two and I took lessons until about high school, but it's something that I've always loved. Um, I mean, you know me, I've always been obsessed with dragons and fantasy and like reading and stories and stuff as well. What kind of dance were you into? Did you have like a specific
0: genre? (laughs) I don't know if genre is the right word.
1: (laughs) You know, and I feel like I should know if that's the right word. I guess I would say style. Um, but I would say ballet is definitely what I did the most. And when I was younger, I was definitely like, I'm going to grow up and be a ballerina. Little did I know, you really have to start that really early and, like, really work hard to get to that level. Um, But ballet was definitely a huge part of my life. Um, I did a lot of different styles growing up as well, including jazz, tap, and flamenco. Um, But ballet was always kind of, like, my base and what I was getting back to. But I also just, you know, at a party, at a dance, I'll dance whatever. I just like to move, so... (laughs) yeah that's good that's fun yeah um i didn't know you did flamenco i'd never heard that yeah it only i did it for a full year with like a specific flamenco teacher um i regret i regret quitting it but the shoes that we wore. I got a lot of blisters when I first started and I was at an age where I was like, this is not okay. I'm not doing it. But um, as I grew up, like, I really kind of wish I stuck with it because I do think that type of dance really helped me um, learn how to be more confident and uh, move my body in a certain way. And we also danced with castanets. So it was kind of um, a combination of music, which is another thing I love, and dance at the same time, which was cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Um, switching to fantasy,
0: like, what, what got you into fantasy? Like, is, do you remember a certain book or a certain movie
1: that you were like, oh, this is it? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. Um, it's hard for me to pin down a specific book or series or anything. I would definitely say, like, Harry Potter's one I remember, um, that was definitely a series that I read with my mom growing up, like, practicing reading out loud and things like that. But a huge part of my life was going to the library every two weeks and picking out books for showing the ones I'd just gotten. Um and I just fell in love with fantasy. Um it was always where I'd go to. I think I really loved like just how different the stories could be, but they could all be fantasy. Um you could have different creatures, like I mean, you know me. Again, dragons. I think they're super cool. I think um I love fantasy that involves mythology from um, wherever, like, region the story's in. So, like, all the Rick Riordan books, the um, Percy Jackson, Kane Chronicles, (laughs) um, and all of that, where, like, they bring in the um, ancient mythology. Um, So I kind of, I love history of old stories and making those old stories new is, I think, kind of where my love of fantasy comes from.
0: Yeah, that's a super interesting idea. I also, you mentioned going to the library. I remember going to the library and checking out, I was also a big fantasy fan, and I would check out all kinds of different stuff, but I also remember specifically how to draw dragon
1: books. <laughs> oh my god, yes, yes. I mean, and art is a, has been a huge part of my life as well. Um, when I was two, my birthday party was an art gallery for my family of my finger paintings. That's um, so cool. I was quite talented. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. But, like, it was... art has always been a huge thing in my life. So I do think fantasy gave me, um, like, an outlet to kind of draw and have new ideas for um, these different stories that, I'd like, I could come up with these new drawings. Yeah. That's a that's a...
0: I love how with... I feel like, for me, when I can draw, then I can create all these, like, crazy things in my mind on right, paper. right. Which I think is really... Yeah. Really cool in fantasy, definitely. So if you compare that to now, what would you say? What are some of your main interests? Do you feel like some of those stuck? Do you feel like you have some new things?
1: Well, I would say that both dance and like reading and fantasy are things I still absolutely love. I just don't necessarily have time for because I've added so many other interests to my life as I've grown up. Um, Like you mentioned, I'm an animation major, so I definitely think that, um, I mean... As much as it's a career I want to go into, animation is definitely something that I love and I think is super fun and unique. Um, I've loved learning the entire process. So I would just say making animated films would definitely be a new interest of mine.
0: Um, With animation, and I may know some of this, but my audience doesn't. um, (laughs) What type of animation do you focus on? And also, like, what's your favorite, um, I guess, process? part of the animation process.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. So I focus on CG animation, which stands for computer generated animation. It's typically looks 3D in style. Um, So think of like Pixar, DreamWorks, those kind of big studios typically have this 3D animated style. Um, And I like the earlier part of the process rather than the end. Um, I am really into storyboarding and uh, kind of drawing out the story beats as they happen and deciding what are the main poses that the characters need to hit at a specific point, um, as well as physically animating the characters. um, And again, focusing on those key poses, key story moments. Um, But yeah. So, storyboarding and animation, like the actual animating, I would say. And I think that I definitely lean more towards the front end of the process because if I were to watch a film I worked on and I say I was in charge of like the final textures or like cleaning up the animation and I saw a mistake, I think I'd go crazy.
0: <laughs> That's fair, I probably would too. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like animations can take so long.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, um, definitely.
0: No, that's totally reasonable.
1: Um. <laughs> I'm glad that you are validating that experience. <laughs>
0: yeah. I haven't even gone through it, and I'm like, oh no, I would be crazy.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like there's a pretty obvious connection that can be drawn. Maybe, maybe that's just me. Mm-hmm. Between like your interest as a kid. Well, specifically, I'm thinking with fantasy and like creating stories and creating worlds mm-hmm. and animation. Um, do
1: you feel like animation connects with fantasy and reading, and also with dance? So I'll I'll tackle the fantasy part first. Absolutely, it connects. Um, I think one of the things I love about animation is that you can literally do anything with it. Like your imagination is what limits you when you're animating. Um, obviously, like some things are more difficult to animate than others. And you might need to bring in like visual effects, but like our technology has gotten advanced enough that we can practically do anything with animation, and I think that's really exciting for storytelling. And I think that lately animation is like being realized that it's not just used for comedic or family um, aimed things. It can also be used for a lot of different genres and tell a lot of different variety of stories. So I think that animation is really fun in that way and absolutely connects to the whole fantasy element and um, just telling stories in general. And, you know, leaning on the dragons a bit, It's hard to get a dragon for live action if you're not going to animate it. Excellent point. it's really, they're hard to hire. Expensive expensive
0: actors. Yeah, there's
1: only a few of them out there, you know. So, um, yeah, so I think that, like, my interest in, like, that mythology that, like, um, and, like, the stories that come from it, I think having animation as an outlet to really create that world and those creatures is, like, super exciting for me. So in terms of dance, I see a huge connection between dance and animation. One of the biggest things for me when I'm animating is the only way to get my animations feeling exactly how I want them to um, is to literally act them out and videotape myself doing it and understanding the movement in my own body before I can animate it myself. So, and for some people, you can just look at reference or it just kind of comes naturally. But for me, it's really about moving myself in order to understand how I need to move what I'm animating. So I think that just the fact that that's how I learn to animate really ties into my experience with dance because I know how to move and isolate different parts of my body in order to create these movements. Um, so I would say that that's a huge part. And definitely when I started animating my initial like, ideas for, like, all these little assignments we do where we had to do, like, a few seconds animation, it was all based on dance, because I think that dance creates such beautiful movements that um, really go well with audio and can really tell a story with dance, that doing short dancing animations was really something that I had a lot of fun with. Yeah, I feel like there's a ton of
0: visual interest there. And then, like, if you add an audio, then you have, like, you can do it to music or you can do it to, I you know, I never would have thought of animation and dance connecting until you explained it to me.
1: Yeah. And and
0: now I'm like, oh, that's obvious. Of course it connects.
1: Right. But I would never have gotten it. (laughs) Yeah. And dance itself is a form of storytelling. Like, um, if you go see a ballet, like, ballets are stories that are just being danced out. and dance is all about like showing emotions you're feeling and really moving through that and so dance connects just as easily for me as fantasy and books because it is a form of storytelling and it already connects to animation in that it's a movement-based form of storytelling.
0: I'm also even thinking like I think um, with anything that's on stage sometimes your movements have to be like bigger, more expressive movements, oh, absolutely. which I feel like could translate really well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I also one of the things I ran into when I was first animating, um, I did some, I did a class where I did some 2D animating, which is literally drawing every single frame. It was a drawing-based class, so we weren't doing any of the, um, like, little quick shortcuts that they have nowadays to make 2D animation more manageable. But, so I was doing, like, drawing frame-by-frame animation for 2D and I was really proud of this one animation because I thought that I had gotten really accurate and like it looked really real and um, all of this. And the teacher looked at it and was like, this just looks like you like drew over some live action, like you need to, um, which is commonly called rotoscoping, and so you need to like exaggerate it. And I was like, oh, okay. So animation is really all about exaggerating that movement because it is different from live action. And that like, when you watch someone that's been filmed in live action and see their movements, it feels real because they're real. And you can acknowledge that and see that. But with animated um, things, like when you see an animated character or anything animated, you know it's not real. Like your brain is telling you this is a artistic, like this is a um, caricature of something real. And so their movements need to be exaggerated in order for you to have that same, like, visceral reaction to the movement as well. Yeah, that's really
0: interesting. Yeah. That makes me, makes me think, especially somebody more from the, I mean, I really do nonfiction work now, but who has been more in the live action narrative kind of side? We're going to take a quick pause from our conversation to do a quick episode article. Our episode article this week comes from medium.com and is by Remy Franklin. The article is on should you follow your passion when choosing a career? I think it goes really well with the conversation that we have this week and it talks a lot about where passion and career intercept and where they may not. Give it a read. The link will be in the description on Apple Podcasts. Now back to the interview. With animation being one of your big interests, one of your passions, um, like I'm a documentary student and I love documentary. I would definitely say it's one of my interests and one of the things I really care about. Um, but also it sometimes work.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Do you feel like that run, do you run into problems with that? Do you, Does that come
1: up? Yeah, it definitely comes up. Um, I would say that the way that I kind of manage it or the way that I feel about it and like how that changes is that animation I find super interesting and super fun. Um, but of course it's a very time intensive process you have to do a lot of passes to make the animation look better so if it's something that i'm going over over and over again that like i'm going to look at a thousand times or more probably, maybe not that many but like hundreds <laughs> of times i'm looking at this animation doing very very tiny tweaks um, it can get a little tedious And that's definitely frustrating if I'm not really, really passionate about what I'm working on. Um, And that definitely plays into how I feel about my work. There have definitely been classes in animation where I have just not been motivated to do the assignments. Like I would do the first pass and be like, okay, that's it, I don't wanna touch it again. Um, So I definitely think that's something I struggle with and that if I, am not super passionate about it, I will struggle to be motivated to do it all the time. And it will feel more like work. Um, And so right now I'm in a class where we are actually producing an animated film and we'll have one by the end of the semester, which is super exciting. Um, Do you know where it's gonna show? You could could flex. (laughs) Well, um, the IAM department is going to screen it at Manifest. So keep an eye out for that. It's gonna be super fun. so working on that, I've been able to be really engaged because um, I helped create the story. Like I was there when the character was developed, and all these really like exciting things about it. Like I'm just so like dedicated to this project and like so involved. I am excited about it. Like I can always be passionate when I'm working on it, but I know that like when I'm actually in the industry, I'm not always gonna feel that way. And even in this film, like there are some shots that I'm like. I get that this is important for the story, but it's kind of boring to animate. So (laughs) there's always going to be things like that that I'm not as excited about, and those will feel a little bit more like work. But I think that as long as I am majority of the time working on animations that I'm passionate about the story or the characters or the movement, I can make it fun for myself. Um, And if I'm not, I would look for extra work outside of what I'm doing, because I think that having something I'm excited to work on is really important for me, and, like, and what I would hope to do in the future is work on things that I'm actually excited to do. Right,
0: that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with all of that within yeah. my own field, so um, I feel that. I For some reason it reminded me, have you heard this like story, it's about DreamWorks, and, mm-hmm. like, when DreamWorks was doing Prince of Egypt, I think mm-hmm. they would send people over to Shrek when they messed up. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know why that reminded me
1: of that. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that that's a super interesting <laughs> story from the animation world. Yeah, for sure. For Especially sure. because Shrek became so
0: popular. Right, people love Shrek. Shrek. Yes. I mean, Prince of Egypt's an incredible movie. I'm a big fan. Absolutely. But Shrek probably has a larger lasting impact.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, Do you ever feel like you fall back into some of your childhood interests or even animating when you're like, maybe bored or like, maybe stressed?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, dance and um, reading are still huge parts of my life. Um, I don't do those much anymore because I... um, Time. I don't have time (laughs) for anything anymore. I'm doing too much, but I love everything I'm doing. Um, But yeah, I would say dance is a huge thing um, that I do when I'm feeling stressed. Um, And I think that like those childhood interests are actually something that um, in therapy, my therapist has recommended, like, you are really stressed, like you are not feeling good. Why don't you go back to something that's really comforting and like makes you happy? And so through therapy, I've kind of learned that it's really important for me to go back to those childhood interests and even if it's not something like I mentioned when I was younger I was like oh yeah I'm definitely gonna grow up and be a ballerina like even with all like the other little things that I would get interested in as I was growing up like ballet was a huge part of it I remember when I got really interested in space and was doing a lot of research on that I definitely was like oh maybe one day I'll be an astronaut and then I'll do like a ballet on the moon and like <laughs> so I always like that was always a huge piece so I think that it's always something that I go back to and it's definitely something that's comforting to me because like that movement and like control over my body is something that I learned so young and it's something that really makes me it connects my um like my mind to my body It makes me feel more grounded in that way and I think that books and reading are kind of the opposite they kind of help me escape um so when I'm feeling overwhelmed or um, like I can't handle something like really escaping into these new fantasy worlds or I mean I've expanded what I read now but like escaping into these (laughs) books and um kind of reading this new knowledge that I'm gaining um helps me focus on something else and that can be really comforting as well
0: Yeah, I'm totally with you on, like, books are definitely an escape for me. I'm less of a dancer, though. I do love to dance. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But books are definitely an escape for me. Do you feel better when you're, like, absorbed into an interest versus when you're, like, maybe kind of in between? Or is it kind of distracting?
1: What I'm kind of, like, thinking about is that it depends on the other things going on in my life. Um... I love being immersed in my interests. Like if there's a dance that maybe like a a song that I've really gotten into and I've decided, oh, I want to choreograph a little dance to this. Like I get really obsessed with that and I will really put a lot of time into that. If there's a book I'm reading, I will like just fall into that world, create a lot of art about it, constantly be reading, especially if it's a series, like Mm -hmm. I got to get to the next book. Right. Yeah. Yeah all that stuff. So I love being immersed in that. When I'm working on an animated project, like I get so excited about it and I just want to work on it until it's done. Like I want to reach that finish point. I want to learn as much as I can and really dive into that. And I think that I can feel really happy and fulfilled and excited when I'm working on that, unless I have other important things going on in my life. And that's kind of where I hit a moment where I need to find a way to go into my interest and come out easily. And that's usually pretty difficult for me. Usually when I'm interested in something, it's like this 100% all the time, until I'm like fed up with it. Like I just need to focus on this one thing. Um, But like if I have other really important assignments that I need to do, like I'm getting a programming minor. So like I really love programming But it's not something that i get as passionate about um the logic comes kind of easy to me but it's not something that i'm obsessed about in the same way that i am animation yeah so but it's also important for me to learn those skills so it is definitely hard like if i have a programming assignment but i'm working on my animated film to step out of that animated story world and go back to the um programming or any of my other classes or I mean even grocery shopping can feel like a chore if I'm really focused on something that I'm excited about yeah no I definitely I
0: feel that I feel like I get very consumed by my interest
1: yeah and usually schoolwork is
0: where I'm like oh oh, I need to do that I forgot right. I need to do some schoolwork <laughs> right right
1: I would say that I love being in my interest and it's and I don't mind not being like I don't mind that in between stage Mm -hmm. what I really mind is when I am immersed in that interest and then something gets in my way like how dare you
0: I wanted to focus on this right and you have to get dragged out of it (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely I totally feel that and then my mind's still like Okay, we're still thinking about cowboys. We may be writing a five page (laughs) essay, but we're on cowboys now.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And I think maybe a part of it is that those things that I'm not as interested in aren't like engaging the entirety of my brain. Right. Whereas my interests really do. Like, I can be thinking about it in so many different ways. Like, and especially like when I'm thinking about animation, if you tie in both. The storytelling and the mythology, and all that from my fantasy interest, and the movement and physical aspect of my dance interest, and like tie that into animation, that's taking a lot of parts of my brain to kind of process all of that. Whereas if I go to like coding or um, if I'm just doing some history homework, like it's a lot more facts and memorized things that are not engaging my entire brain right there with you <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> for me I've learned to like that even though like I'm very passionate about what I do and that it is one of my interests I want to do it all the time and therefore it is going to be my work right. and sometimes I'm gonna get sick of it and yeah. I'm gonna be really frustrated and some people don't want that creative aspect of their life interfering with the work aspect and vice versa so yeah I think it depends on what you're willing to be your work and willing to be your own personal stuff
0: yes I've definitely thought a lot about that I think that is a real challenge for people to figure out right I don't know part of the reason I think I switched from like narrative to nonfiction is because nonfiction feels fun and like it's still storytelling but like I hated with narrative. I was like, oh my God, if I if this is my story, it's going to get blown apart and changed yeah. in so many ways, which also may be just Columbia's style of right. doing narrative filmmaking. Um, but that was a fear I had. Whereas yeah. nonfiction, sh- supposed, it's supposed to be like, you know, truth. Right. So ideally, I'm not messing with too much. <laughs> right, right.
1: You're not changing like the original idea because exactly. you're just discovering more facts. Right. Yeah, and I will say, like, with the film that I'm currently working on, I was the one that came up with the original story, and it has changed a bit from right. my original idea. And while I've I've enjoyed the story development process and, like, where we've gotten, there are definitely parts of the story that I'm like, oh, you know, I really loved that original little bit I had. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think that, like, in our careers, you're working with a team. And yes. so... it. It's not just about you and you have to, you know, uh, collaborate with your team and let them make some creative decisions as well. So,
0: right. Which sometimes can definitely make things better too. Absolutely. It just also sometimes hurts to lose
1: things you care about. <laughs> ah, yeah. And I think, I, I think that being an artist, it's all about, I mean, you, all of your creations are kind of like your babies Yeah, and you have to kill so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> um that checks out yeah you have to like there are a lot of projects that you just can't get to because i mean there's only so much time in the world there are a lot of projects that are going to change and you're going to miss these like original thoughts that you had um and so i think that is a struggle with being in a creative field and like having creative interests but i think part of having a real interest in doing this and not just have it being your work is that i can do it outside of my work and I can make these small independent things for myself if it's something I'm really passionate about. If you
0: enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure to keep watching for us on Apple Podcasts and give us a follow on Instagram at Growing Interest Podcast. If you follow on Instagram, you'll see some cool behind-the-scenes content and you'll be one of the first people to hear about each episode coming out. So give us a follow. Thanks for listening and I'll see you soon.